Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And we have an excellent guest for you today. You already know who it is because obviously you saw the title. <laughs> Brian and I talked about this. We always act like it's a surprise and then we're like, wait a minute, people can just read the episode But title. even though they know who the guest is, they know that this one is an excellent guest. Asian excellence. Asian excellence on the podcast. But before we introduce our wonderful friend of the podcast, let's do some Patreon shout outs, young me. Yeah, if you like our podcast, please uh, subscribe to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash feeling Asian. You can give us money and you get things for that. Any donation amount gets you a shout out. And we're working with you all. We don't really know what we're doing with the shout outs because everyone's upset about everything. Yeah, we used to have really long-winded shout-outs where we would just talk for fucking we guessed, hours. We guessed who <laughs> you, how you fucked, and then we guessed someone did anal, and then they got really upset. One person got upset, and then everyone else were like, yeah, I do love anal. But then people didn't like the positive affirmations uh-uh. because they liked it when we humiliated them. Yeah. So I think we're just going to go rogue and just see how we feel. Yeah, we'll just say one thing about you and then we'll move on. And uh, it might be good, it might be bad, but it will be true. Without further ado, our first shout out for this episode goes out to Eileen Cho. I know Eileen, but let, let me just guess. And, like, that, and that's your shout out. You Yang knows you. <laughs> I know you. Let me guess something something chaotic. Uh, Eileen, you know what? I, I bet Eileen is one of those people that like, remember that show like, my fucking weird addiction or something where the person would eat like couch stuffing. I bet Eileen <laughs> has something like that. You know? <laughs> eats rocks outside. Well, in the face of extreme adversity, thank you for supporting the podcast, Eileen. Our next shout out goes out to Eliza Gutierrez. Eliza, you you're slow you're a slow runner. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I don't know. I just got a vision. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> well, hey, I didn't make. Just an observation. It's not just an observation. Wasn't meant to be mean. You know? There's no value added to it. You took it there. You know what though? <laughs> if when you run slow, you get more of a extra. You get a more of the. the that's wait. The kind let of me exercise. say this, Aliza. You run slow, but you just completed a marathon. There you go. So she's got that longevity. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's better for your heart health if you do <laughs> moderate exercise for long periods of time. So I, I made that up. Next shout out goes out to Jim E. Lee. Jim E. Lee. Um, if Jim was on My Strange Addiction, their thing would be <laughs> eating the ashes of their dead spouse. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember that episode? Isn't that? That's Keith Richards. What are you talking about? No, Keith Richards and the Ate his rock dad's star. He spouse? he snorted his dad's cremated remains. Wow! So this is a full blown thing that it's Jim E. Lee knows about. Yeah. Well, on my strange addiction, this woman kept eating the ashes of her ex dead husband, and how she did it was like a fun dip. She would lick oh her finger God. and dip it into the thing. <laughs> That's Jim E. Lee, I think. <laughs> You know those things aren't real, though, right? No, that's it's one hundred percent real. How dare you, Brian? How dare you doubt the the realness of my strange addiction? Okay, who's next? Uh, next shout out goes out to Brit. Your Hinge dating app is just so overwhelmingly popular that you don't even use it. 
Yeah. What? Yeah. What do you mean? If it's popular, then th then they would use it. Wouldn't no, they? but to just see, that's it's something neither of us ever experienced. It's so much that it's not you can't you don't even know where to begin to parse through all the candidates. Yeah, that's Brit's situation. A.K. Brit, you are crushing it. You're crushing it. There's too many people that want to be with you, and that's why you're alone. <laughs> okay yeah, you said that you're not like me. lady gaga <laughs> uh and our last shout out for this episode goes out to anna luo if anna was on my strange addiction i feel like anna's thing would be having sex with cars <laughs> do you oh remember God. that am i making this up Are i don't these think i don't know episodes? if any of these have existed i swear to god google it right now sex anna, with cars and then i feel like i saw the episode and the guy was just like just like kissing the Porsche on the lips, like on the on the bumper, the license plate area. That's Anna. Just mwah, 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 mwah. Is, does this show still exist? I, I, hope, I, hope, I hope not. <laughs> oh God. Well, listeners, thank you for donating to the podcast. And for those of you who haven't yet, here's an opportunity. You can your new strange addiction can be. Donating, donating to the Patreon. To an Asian podcast. Yeah. Please do so at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And I think it's time to introduce our guest this week, Young Me. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Our, our guest, who you already know because you saw the title. Is we got some history with our guest. We got some history. We got some history. And this person claims that he birthed our podcast <laughs> the last time we talked to him. <laughs> that we are the children of his podcast. And also... And there was some beef. The, some last time we were on air together was when he had an uh, argument with Brian, and I forgot who cried. I feel like Brian cried. Uh, the, yeah, there were some. There was some beef. There were some emotions let out. Uh, Asians can be emotional too. I'm gonna keep that menacing laugh on the track. <laughs> uh, without further ado, listeners, give your ears to the one of the hosts of the Asian Not Asian podcast and writer for. James Corden's late night show. Give it up for Fumi Abe. Hey, what's up? Woo. Thank you for having me. Uh, <laughs> let's let's start some shit. Let's start some beef. You ready? I wish you were I'm in the ready. same room. We would be <laughs> punching each other. Fumi, what would be your what would be your strange addiction if you're on that show? First of all, the car thing is that's a real thing. Young me, oh. I can look it up. The guy does fuck a Porsche from the front, which I, I don't know why. You, you think you'd fuck it from the back because the exhaust yeah. pipe. From the exhaust pipe. He slides pipe. in he fucks, underneath He slides it, in like under the hood? Yeah. Like he's working on like yeah, he's the like, oil he's like, or something. <laughs> <laughs> While kissing it on the lips, on the lippy lips, on the bumper lips, license plate. And he just like, I don't know, just like, pound, I don't know what he's doing. We can't see it. Yeah, you're going extremely detailed because you're like, I don't know what he's doing, but he's definitely taking out the battery part and there's a loose part in the back of it. And he's definitely fucking, I don't know what What's he's doing. What's going on? <laughs> he put like a flashlight down there, you know. Fumi, what would be your strange addiction? Dude, that's the flashlight. That's my strange addiction, man. I feel like uh, I, ha <laughs> I, I have like Porsche. three. I have. I mean, okay, it's not a strange addiction because it's like on sale and it's a product. But I have like three, which I feel is like so many. For Wait, you have one three flashlights. I have three flashlights. One. Oh, so you're you're a connoisseur. So one was of flashlights a now. one. What one was a gag gift from Mike, the co-host of the, my podcast, and it was like, yeah. ha ha ha, like isn't this funny because you're horny? And I was like, ha ha ha, <laughs> and I just went home and fucked the shit out of it. <laughs> And then I like made some videos on it on TikTok, like making fun of it. And then TikTok is so weird. Like, 
I would say like 70% of the comments on TikTok are like, this is funny, like, yay. And then, you know, the other 10% is like mad for whatever reason. And then there's like a weird 20% pocket of TikTok <laughs> comments where people just try to give you advice. So a lot of people were yes. like, oh, I see you had, you, I, I see you got the Asla Kier model, but have you considered <laughs> trying the Riley Reed like pocket transparent model or something? And they no. would like leave, they would like give me suggestions on other ones I should get. So... I bought a few from those suggestions. So I have like three. So that, that wow. would be like, yeah. What are the, wow. like, are there differences in texture or tightness? Like what? <laughs> you know, it's so you, funny. You guys are like, you want to come on this uh, show to talk about depression? I'm just talking about fleshlights. Uh, so like, <laughs> the correlation kind of is very strong. The correlation is very strong. Yes. <laughs> Only depressed okay, people so, use fleshlights. Like I got, so the first one, I, it's like the original model, which is like the one you're picturing in your head. It looks like mm -hmm. a flashlight from yeah. walking walking dead but it's got like silicon and you fuck it right it makes oh sense God. but as you use it you know you're like okay this is fun but the cleanup is like so messy so oh like after you use it like you have to clean it in the sink you know what i'm saying like you have to like turn it upside like inside out you have to like clean it and then and listeners so keep listening because um, we promise you the episode is gonna get better this is just power through this part with us, everyone. Power through. We're having. He's really People getting are into. So confused right now. You uh, know so that so many men do not wash them. Let's be real. No. I've met men. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, okay, for sure, then, for yeah. sure. Uh, so yeah, you have to flip it inside out, and they have to dry it. So I remember, like, I was living in New York when I got my first one, and like, this is I got my first one. Oh like, my god! I was, like, not with my girlfriend. So this was in I was, New York. Like, so this is taking this up at least five percent of your square footage in your apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's paying rent at this point. And like, I remember, like, there's like you have to like dry it, and it was the winter. So I remember I would like hold it by the radiator, like it's a, I'm like baking a potato or something, and like, oh like, <laughs> like war times in Asia or Just something. Chestnuts you know? roasting by the fire. Wow. <laughs> so okay. that's me. That's me, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is great. Well, <laughs> thanks for joining us. I was us wondering who used those things. I was like, because like it just seems like so messy. You just use your hand or something. Yeah. Yeah. So Damn. Now yeah. we know. So it's Fumiabe brand it's is strong. Brand Ten is strong, seconds yeah. in. You so you have the Asa. You know, for our live show, we bought one for a gift for one of the games. Oh, this is why Asa, the Asa and this Kira is why one. Patreon is so important, listeners. And now we are, we're we are in financial ruin. <laughs> we're in financial it really, it really ruin. <laughs> it was like it was like a joke. I can't believe Mike bought you one because I was like, oh, it's gonna be funny. I'm gonna buy it for one of the people that win these games. And I was like, Brian, I used all the money in our Patreon. <laughs> it's it's like 150 bucks. It's like it's not like yeah. a yeah for, no. for one joke for one laugh. It's it's a lot of money. <laughs> Most expensive laugh I ever got. Oh my god. Well. Fumi, before we dive into your feelings this week, young me, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty fucking bad. Oh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> Why do I always have the same answer? So okay, the the okay. So every year I feel like this. Every year the seasonal depression like hits me like out of nowhere. I'm like, oh my god, I'm depressed. The sun went down at four thirty, and I'm right, like, right. Bitch, just happens every year, you know. But like, I just can't get used to it. it sucks. Um, and then I was in LA and I, I got really depressed in LA. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but it was like, I got depressed and then I didn't want to do anything. And I felt really lethargic. It was kind of cold, which I, I thought it was going to be hot, but obviously, you know, it gets a little chilly in LA. And then I was like, people were inviting me out and I was like, I'm not, I don't want to go out, which I'm in that mood right now. You know, it's like chilly. Mm. I didn't want to go out. Mm. Um, I feel sort of like 
drifting like i'm nothing's really going on mm. i feel like empty brained i don't know damn yeah so things aren't going well things aren't going well <laughs> and i also like i feel like my big my biggest issue all the time is like when it gets cold i get like i get like depressed and then you know i have like a lot of body image issues and then i like gain weight and it'll be like if i gain like three pounds that'll be like i'm gonna kill myself this is it you know like it like really impacts my mental health well we discussed that this is an annual thing i know last year we talked about this yeah and i like can't And i think you had a plan of action to prevent spiraling what was my plan i don't remember i don't remember either (laughs) i hope i remember i should um, i don't know oh i have been drinking water which has helped (laughs) 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 <laughs> i have this water i don't know um i'm just like fucking the press you know it's like it's always an ongoing issue um oh did anything f- i feel like i I wanted to talk about like dramatic stuff that happened to me but now i can't think of anything i don't know that's it that's okay. that's all i'm feeling word how about you brian you uh similar we talked about this off record but maybe it's because it, the sun goes down so early now yeah. uh-huh. but these past two weeks i've been dealing with panic attacks and these weird anxiety episodes and then mm-hmm. now they happen now like they ha- i'm embarrassed because sometimes oh, not sometimes they do happen when i'm hanging out with my girlfriend <gasps> and then wow she i feel great that i have someone there to comfort me mm-hmm. while i'm going through this but it makes me feel really guilty because i'm like god damn it i don't this is too much emotional labor to put someone through like i don't i get if it's like a one-off thing but it's happening like kind of not all the time i think i've just it's stress induced but uh i feel like i'm like god like that's the thing i'm like navigating that because i keep it to myself and i don't want to burden my girlfriend with these like heavier emotions that i'm going through Mm -hmm. but then when i do share with her and she's there for me. It makes me feel better. But I don't know. I don't want to like... I just still feel, overall feel like I don't want to burden. It's so burdensome. No, I don't want to like hang out with someone who's always like yeah. frazzled and spiraling. That's not fun. Well, That's the, bad vibes. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like a thin line because it's like that vulnerability, I think, strengthens bonds, right? Like even if you're being like... Even if you're going through a right. hard time, but with a any lot. friendship or then if it's all even the a romantic time, relationship, yeah, th- yeah, it's a bonding mechanism. But I want to bond on positive things, not yeah. on like negative shit. You yeah. know. Yeah, and I have to say, this is I'm not saying that this is you, but I've been in relationships where somebody was like really needy like that, and like yeah. always having a fucking panic attack, and I, I was like trying to be there for them, but then I was like, this is. I mean, we've been seeing each other for like maybe four months or something at that point. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I don't really know you that well. This is like you need a lot more support. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it led to the end of that relationship. Not that that's you. (laughs) That sounds like my ex who sucked. (laughs) But you know what I mean? But yeah, Yeah, it's like a a fine line because like, you know, obviously that's like it is like a vulnerable thing that bonds people. But then you don't want to be that fucking person that's like always having a fucking woody allen right like levels <laughs> like dating, nobody wants to date woody allen you know yeah but there's this so there's this other thing that i wanted to talk about on the podcast because it's just an observation but i didn't really talk about it yet yeah and i i recently saw dune and the french dispatch mm-hmm. uh basically like 
the Timothy. I've got Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. He's he's everywhere. But Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I got Timothy Chalamet. And those two films. I'm not gonna give out too many spoilers here. I don't know. They're big enough where I feel like Spoiler everyone's fucking. Alert. I think people have fucking seen these films, but in both of those films, there are Asian men in both films. And mm-hmm. and at the end of it, I noticed that in both films, like the one Asian guy in both of those films, he kind of plays like a duplicitous, sneaky character that mm. involves like because they don't have a lot of dialogue yet they're there they're like plot devices to propel it forward mm-hmm. but then both of them commit like sneaky shit and i'm like wait, wait. who who are the asian guys i saw both of those movies fell Timothy asleep in Chalamet. both of them i'm just kidding yeah, so, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so, in so what? are you talking about jason momoa in dune no in dune it was the 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 doctor oh the jason fucking momoa. chiropractor yeah <laughs> oh yeah that guy sucks <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and at the end of it, no, I was that guy like, was evil. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. <laughs> right, and so mm. although in the French Dispatch he was like a, he painted as a hero, so mm. it's a little different spin. But the act itself is like sneaky, s- conniving. Sneaky. It's like a little like it's duplicitous, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this weirdly kind of reinforces this like trope in a way of like Asian men kind of like lurking in the shadows right. and being quiet. Well, and it's a, it's like a book that was written in like the 60s, right? 60s, 70s? Oh, Dune. Well, Dune. 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 Yeah. Yes, yes, Dune. yes, yes. So yes, that, yes. that makes sense to me that, that a sneaky character is Asian, you know? But was <laughs> the character Asian in the original Dune? I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, was nobody's he? Asian because this is like the year 10,000. And Yo, you know, so why like, they really... cast him as Asian, bro? Why yeah, you're right. You're right, bro. I don't even know. And they made him a chiropractor. That was so weird. <laughs> they made him a chiropractor. I he's swear to God. He's like, I'm not joking. A scammer. He's like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you know, I know how it is. Like, I'm not like that upset about it. I, it was just something I'm like, oh, this is a interesting. This is a interesting. <laughs> interesting. Noted. Yeah, it's Noted. still out there. You know, you see things like that and then you're like, what is, what's going on here? But then but then like now I feel like uh how that's just like fiction, but like you know how like the news, I feel like somebody pointed it out years ago uh, about how the news approaches China and it's always like Chinese people are sneaking around. Like <laughs> yeah, ev- like yeah. the New York Times like t- like tomorrow there will be an article that comes out like Chinese oil expo- exporters are sneaking behind their backs. Like every story they have about China is like under this like propaganda light of them being sneaky and cheating. And so I, I don't think it's that weird for you to be like, this is weird. It's definitely yeah. a big thing in America. He also had an West. Asian name, didn't he, Brian? Uh, in Dune? His name was, yeah, his, wasn't his name like Dr. Yan or something? Yeah. Dr. Yan. Dude, why is he Asian? <laughs> you now that I'm thinking about it, dude. I was like, I went, I went to go see the movie, and I did fall asleep because it was a little boring in the beginning. But like now that I'm thinking about it, that was because because the whole point of that that whole thing is that it's it's like a whole different universe, and people's names are like Duncan Idaho. Like there's no association with yeah. Any, or randomly, it'll be like Jim. right, but yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. the Asian guy, his name is ching chong yen for some reason and i think that's really <laughs> messed up i don't know Interesting. I, I don't, and he's I, sneaky I really and a that. scammer yeah just mm. listen go see dune and see if you like that character <laughs> <laughs> that's all i'll say about so, it yeah let me check it out and i'll tell you what i think um but yeah for me how are you feeling 
Oh, how am I feeling? You know, so many things. Um, I'm. It's it's good to see you guys. I'm 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 happy. I'm happy right now. But I guess, I I guess that is the issue. I have been I have been having trouble feeling things recently. Mm. Um, Damn. I've just I I relocated to Los Angeles a little bit ago, and for the first time in my life, I'm just sort of like. I guess I'm experiencing like depression symptoms, which like I I never really, I I always. I knew it was a thing, but I never really believed in it for myself. And so as I was going through it, I was doing the same thing young me's doing where I was just like, I guess I need to drink more water or something, you know, like I didn't really know what to do. So yeah. even when I went to go, I went to go see Dune, I saw French Dispatch. And when you're like kind of going through that, you're like very tired all the time. So I fell asleep mm -hmm. both movies. French Dispatch, wow. I walked out halfway. I, I didn't think, I don't know. Did you like it? I no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like stopped after like the I don't I, the the jail the jail saga or whatever it was but yeah yeah it's been um yeah but like you know I I'm I'm trying to stay positive but it's been a challenge to like feel strongly about things recently whether it's like uh you know my job or just things I'm watching or like just simply interactions I'm having with other oh. people you know a lot of it is just like it just kind of goes through me or it like annoys me if that if mm. that makes sense i mean i'm glad you said that because i feel like that too you know what i'm feeling right now so weird i'm feeling so not funny like i cannot mm. think of one thing that seems funny to me like I, I still am like creating content and like writing jokes and stuff but i'm like this sucks <laughs> yeah. like does any, yeah. would anyone think i'm like this is the not this is not funny at all like i i have such a hard time feeling anything yeah that's the saddest part i think is that obviously other than like creating things i think as like artists or, or comedians the most mm -hmm. the single important thing is that you feel funny you know you don't yeah. have to be doing something funny but you, you have to mm. feel funny that oh. is the the engine of it all whether it's stand-up or whatever it is and yeah. it's so hard to feel funny uh when you're like depressed and and then you actually like hate it when you're doing it like i've been doing stand-up and i hate it and i've never hated stand-up before you know so it's oh. like a really scary mm. it, it's like the, the the scariest part is like you start to like feel very apathetic about things you used to really care about and then yeah. And then what I'm struggling with right now, which I would love to get your take because this is a mental health podcast, is like I'm always trying to answer the question, which version of myself is me, you know, mm. like mm -hmm. so like I have these feelings towards things in my life right now. And I'm not I'm sober, you know, I'm not drinking, I'm not under any drugs. So these are real feelings I have for mm. these things. But right. I but I know that given a certain circumstance or you know next week if i whatever like i'm i'm in a better mood i might feel slightly different about those things so that's also real and i i just i'm always just like i i, I know people aren't you're not supposed to like take things so seriously when you're depressed because like there's chemicals in your brain that are imbalanced or whatever mm -hmm. but i'm still like well this is still part of me so like do i need to like analyze this emotion a little bit more or do i just kind of shove it aside as like oh this is like a medical thing this is depression so don't yeah. think too much about that and go for a run you know what i mean yeah i don't know i always i always struggle with that because i'm i'm still like because i'm like you know i know that i've had depression all my life but part of me is just like maybe i'm just bad at like dealing with my emotions and they're just getting 
mushed in and muted and these are just negative feelings that are coming out from something that I like mushed down a long time ago. So I, I don't even mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Right. I don't I'm, know the answer to that. Same. I'm pretty similar. I think I've expressed this to I don't know if I said this on the podcast or something, but uh the what you the way you're feeling it it mimics a lot of how I sort of exist in the world. And it's been like this for a while where mm. like I think there's like a buffer placed over my uh, my my experience output. So nothing like ever gets me super pumped or amped, but mm -hmm. nothing ever really gets me like that sad or th mm. there's no everything's mm. just sort of like equalized where it's just yeah. it's just mm. that's it. And that's hard, man. I don't know. I've never considered that it is a chemical imbalance and stowed it away. I've always just interpreted it as this is like who I am and mm. I am Ooh. I, this See, is See, I I'm so is, scared to do that because right. I feel like in especially like in comedy or just like you watch movies and and television right. shows and stuff and I think there's this like thing of like a lot of times, like, I'm depressed is the punchline to a lot of things, you know? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I remember I didn't, you know, I, 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 I've been watching comedy for, like, a very long time. And I, I actually never really understood depression jokes because I've, I've never been depressed. So yeah. I'm always like, I guess that means sad. Like, that's just sort of my extent of the knowledge of, right. of what depression is for a long time. And now that I'm, like, going through it, um, you know, I... It's very, very scary because For it sure. really makes it's just it's very scary because it's like, what if I don't get excited about anything ever again? And so mm. I refuse like because of that fear, I refuse to be like, I'm just a depressed comedian. Like I hate that. I I, I want this to go yeah. away. Like I want this to be like cancer or something. Yeah. You can just surgically remove it or something. You know what I mean? They're that they're, they're yeah, treatments totally. or whatever it is. Yeah. Wait, what? What's going? Like, so, what? When did this all start? Did it start? Like, did it coincide with your move to LA? Do you think, or is it just separate than that? Uh, it did coincide with my move to LA, but I, yeah. you know, a lot of people say that when they like relocate, they get depression and stuff. Which, like, I think, you know, there's something happening there for sure. Like, I do mm -hmm. live alone, and I don't have a community here, and. Yes, I there is the comedy community here, but it's not the comedy community that raised me, you know, like it's not mm -hmm. my right. homies in New York. So right. every everything from simply from like I, I think there's a big social aspect to comedy in New York because if I do a show in New York, like there's a good chance that like a good friend of mine will be at the show and we'll yeah, like yeah, grab a beer afterwards and that's fun. But here, like yeah. I don't know anybody, they don't know me. And so and and nobody really hangs out after shows because people are, are driving. So you just do your right. set. And you go home. So there's like that. So it's like, you know, there's a little there's, bit of disconnect there. It was like, I had this community. I thought I was going to have it here. And it's just not what it's like. But I also have been recently thinking it's like, uh, so like I got this like writing job, which is mm -hmm. like, which is cool. You know, I think every, every comedian wants to like write professionally at some point, if that's something that they're yeah. interested in. Um, yeah. But it's this feeling of like, you get it. And then, <laughs> and then... You know, uh, it's like Biggie Small said it best: "Mo money, mo problems." Like you get here, and then, and then you, and then you're just like, okay, well, like now I have to like fight for a job for the rest of my life. So like, I mm. I, I was working uh, like a corporate job for like a very very long time, and mm. I quit full time in 2018. Went part time, and then in 2020, I got like a job at Comedy Central doing like 
TikTok shit. So that's when yeah, I yeah. really quit. And that was full time. And then now I'm like officially done with, I'm not even freelancing for them anymore. And when you like, it's just weird. Like I think, you know, when you're like chasing the dream, it's so exciting and fun and yeah. um, hopeful. And then when you get there, it's just like, well, now I now can't go what? back. And so now it's like, okay, now like, okay, I, I got this job, but it's not yeah. forever. The TV jobs are, different. are never forever because TV, yeah. TV's, TV shows always end unless you write for like, what's that one fucking show that is about a doctor? It's always that, sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, that or like, what's the one doctor who, or is that, is that what it is? Like How, the something doc- like some, Wait, so is this, so okay, yeah. I have I have my diag- my armchair diagnosis <laughs> that I want to give so bad, but like when, yeah. when you were saying you have to fight for this job, do you feel like you're always at risk of like losing it or like is that scare- a fear? I, I guess what I mean is like not even necessarily this job, it's just that like you always have to be thinking about the next thing or I can't yeah. eat anymore, right? So like writing jobs for mm-hmm. this is every writing job, they're 13-week contracts. So like so, so not only have to be, you have to keep performing or else they'll fire you. So that plus the fact that like, let's just say you get a job writing for like Fallon or something. Well, Fallon's a bad right. example because he'll probably do it for like years and years. But like, let's just say you get a job writing for like Pen15 or whatever, which is like, sure. that might be your favorite TV show for a lot of your listeners. It's a great show. But yeah. that's only 10 weeks. That's like 10, 14 mm-hmm. weeks, right? So you can be yeah. like, I got this job. Oh, congratulations. Let's have a party. But like you're unemployed 10 weeks after, you know? And right, so- right just this realization that like that's might be the rest of my life is mm. yeah so okay, okay, just I like it. yeah it's like okay so yeah. so like what I, and, and what's so different about just being in corporate america is like if you yeah. go to har- study and you go to harvard and you get a job at google you google's not fucking going away you can work at google for the rest of your fucking life or if you get I, if you leave yeah. there you know you can keep going you can keep there's always other jobs you can do and i knew comedy would never provide yeah. stability but it's like it's so weird because like before I didn't have shit and I was like fine and then now I mm. have shit and but I'm now like realizing the gravity of the situation where it's like yeah, once yeah. you mm. go yeah. past now you the, some stakes. Once you're, exactly if you're not like, an amateur now that, now anymore you're in the system yeah. yeah yeah you're in the system so he's like you better fucking keep working Can, and like I have to it's say, this, yeah. yeah I I have to disagree with you just I personally think that you know like you know, like a lot of, especially Asian people, mm. we're, we're kind of like all our lives when we we're kids, we're like, you just have to get to Harvard. You have to fucking get to Harvard. And you get to Harvard. And then I think a lot of people realize that shit too. Like they have to do do well at Harvard. And yeah. then after that, yeah. they have to get a job that's really good. And then they have to keep working really hard to keep that job. And I think uh, a lot of people probably, even in that sort of scenario, are will get to a place where they feel like you. Like, I thought if I got to Harvard, that would be it. I would be happy and that's the end. But now I'm yeah, realizing, yeah. now I have to fucking, this is a r- eternal rat race and I, I, I've entered into it now and I've literally stepped into it and I have to keep going on the wheel. And mm. do you know what yes. I mean? It's yes. it's not like yes. oh you're you're gonna get here you're gonna work at you're gonna work for Fallon and then that's it you're free. It's like mm. no you have to continually it's, it's keep doing like it and it's for like sure. that's stressful. But mm. can I also yeah. give like my armchair diagnosis? For yes, yes, please, please, sure. please. I think that there is <clears throat> like 
I this is just I always do this to Fumi and I feel like Fumi is like that's not right but like, <laughs> like even last time I was like this is what I think like I feel like I feel like for you maybe because when we were even the last time we talked you were very like oh I'm like oh I'm like running for this this is my dream I, I, I'm gonna leave my sister's wedding early for an audition and I'm gonna do this and I'm like I'm gonna keep doing it and I'm gonna I'm gonna get ahead right and like that sort of yeah when when you're like chasing like you said chasing something you don't have to think about anything because all you're thinking about is i need to get this i need to fucking get this it's like the harvard thing and then once you get there all of a sudden then you have to be like all those things that you pushed back that you didn't want to think about because you're too busy trying to chase your dream now you have to be like oh shit these things are still here now i have to deal with this shit right Mm. i think comedy is really unique in that it is technically a creative job. It is you are living the life of an artist and there isn't a lot of stability. But when you're in the beginning stages and you're honing your craft, comedy is a very live to work uh, mentality. You're it, it's all consuming. You're pers- like the pursuit of making people laugh. That is your entire identity. Fuck it. It's a rejection of corporate America. This is, I'm choosing this life. I am living to work. I'm living for comedy. This is who I am. But then yeah. when you reach, the one, as you've done, you've obtained your dream. You're at the professional level. Then it's like this reversion, like back to work to live. Mm. Where now you're feeling this pressure to like, I need to sustain this. And this is the one I signed up for because comedy, like on the when the early stages, and especially the way it's portrayed in the media, it's like an old boys club where you're just shooting the shit all the time and you're fucking yeah. making money and selling shows and fucking mm-hmm. around with your boys. Mm-hmm. But then the reality of it is you're you're working to live, except the pressure is to just be funny and like professionalizing right. that. And yeah. I don't know if that exists in other create like if it maybe it does, but like I don't know. Like there's, it's like a re- weird reversion, and your brain gets like tricked in a way. I feel. Mm. So, so you're saying it's it's at the purest form when you're chasing it, and once you achieve it, it's then it it's becomes no back to that was like a big thing for me. So I'm like, yeah, oh shit, this is just like any other job except mm. instead of like no, crunching for sure. numbers, that was I'm putting a that deck. was the other. That was the other realization is I get there. Like, I work in a cube. You know, I, I work in a cube. And I'm like, oh, I'm back in a cube again. Like, I, I worked in a cube when I was a research manager. And like, I'm, you know, like oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Like, I'm back in the cube. Like, that, and then you're sitting in the five. cube and they're like, also, they're like, be funny now. Be funny. Which man. is yeah, exactly. so much harder like, than putting together what? a PowerPoint. This is depressing. <laughs> I don't, I'm not. Oh, my God. Dude, I can't I be funny. God. This is so depressing. And, and like God. I think, and and it's like, dude, th- this whole fucking thing. You're right, young me. Like I had this honestly. Like I, I don't even think I can listen to that episode of me. Mm-hmm. You know, when I skipped your birthday, and, and I was like, this is just what I do, man. Like, cause like, oh mm-hmm. shit, I was so. I felt that was I was so naive. Like it's just mm. like, well, not naive. It's just like I just I didn't know what was over here. You know, and like I'm wow. not saying yeah. I'm I, I yeah. am happy in ways that like I'm making more money than I ever been in my entire life, and it is amazing. To of be course. able to make a living doing stand-up, like doing comedy, that's an amazing yeah. thing, and like I'm yeah. very proud of that for sure. But like, it's this whole other like, dude. Like now, I feel like it, I, I guess like I'm just feeling like, who am I doing this for now? And I keep mm. thinking back to I remember when I first started comedy. There was like a, a a more established comedian who was like pretty famous who saw me at a show, and I was like, oh, I'm such a big fan. We were talking, and 
I was an open yeah. micer. I remember he was like, yeah. just remember these, just he was like, just remember these times, man, because like running around with your friends, like doing stupid open mics, like that's the funnest time you're gonna have. Dude. And I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm just like, dude. I'm, I, the other day, like I literally was that's thinking depressing. about like me and you at like no fun bar, like just yeah. fucking around and then going to a different mic bombing and then taking a train and eating a taco and being like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, Bro. I know that sounds so stupid, but like that was really fun for me because I dude, was 24. That's so. Bro, that is, I, I think I told you this, but when I when I ran into John Mulaney and I had the same conversation, I was like, I'm a huge fan, blah, blah, blah. And he said the same exact thing where he was like, just remember, he's like, I'm telling you now, when before anyone knew my first Netflix special, when I was just like eating dollar slices with Nick Kroll and Chelsea Peretti and like Aubrey Plaza, like... That's the most fun I had in comedy. And I was like, yeah, fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You're John Mulaney. This is yeah. bullshit. <laughs> it's really, really crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. You know what? I have to say, like, you know, not to like, uh, I feel like when, when you were saying that the last time I we talked to you seriously, I was thinking that like, I was like, I feel like Fumi's really set on this goal and there's a lot of stuff that he's pushing aside and I was like, I wonder, you know, I wonder what's gonna, what that's gonna feel like for you to have to like deal with that stuff. <laughs> Damn. No, like I was yeah. thinking that a little bit, you know. Damn. But yeah, so I mean, I mean, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm wondering is, do you think you'd still, because f- you moved to LA and that's a big life change and that yeah. comes with a lot of adjustment and. Do you think you'd still experience this if you'd stayed in New York? Because oh, yeah, like what if you like because in job LA you're, you don't have as strong of a network as you did in New York and like. That sounds really yeah. challenging and hard, you know. I, You're like in a totally sure. good place. I, I think I would experience some of it, but I, um, I have mm. been. I, I don't have a therapist right now because I got dumped because I moved state lines and she's not licensed here. So I've been talking to some friends about it, and yeah. um, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people are like, "So, what are your coping mechanisms?" They always say that to you, right? They go, "Oh, I, I feel oh. this way." What are your? And in the beginning, I was like. What are you talking about? Like coping mechanism? Like I don't, I don't have a I don't have a way out. What are you talking? If I had a way out, I'd, I'd fucking do it already. You know what I mean? People are like, "Oh, you should go running." I'm like, "I fucking hate I hate running when I'm happy. Why would I run now? Like this is so dumb." <laughs> but like, uh, uh, fuck. I'm so. What is, what was your question? Sorry, I got really angry for a second. And that felt coping really good. Coping mechanisms, to feel therapist. Oh yeah. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, like, you know. Oh, but in I feel LA. this way in New York. Yeah, yeah. I think I I would have a community. Like I would have you guys. I would have right. uh, Maria, my girlfriend. Like so, there would be people that I would be seeing that I love and care about, and I think that would um that would help me for sure. Um, but I think yeah, moving moving is just tough. But I it, it's I you know I, I had a really interesting conversation the other day. Uh, with um, Kulap, you know Kulap Vilesak. He, she's yeah. married mm-hmm. to. Um, she was the Asian girl in the Benihana episode of The Office. Um, <laughs> but she was, you know, we were talking about this, and I, 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 I always like dismiss it because I'm just like, well, I'm just like being a little bitch because, you know, like imagine how hard it was for like our parents and stuff like that. Right, and right, right. Then as, as soon as I mentioned that, I was like, you know what? I remember when I first moved to Ohio. Um, you know, my mom didn't speak the language. I didn't speak the language, but I was eight, so I didn't care. And my sister was seven, so she didn't care. It was like, we're, we're just like kids playing basketball. It doesn't matter. And I remember for like years, my mom, like she couldn't work either, right? And so she yeah. didn't have any friends, no work. My dad's working, so she has no access to a real community. She would just be like watching um, like Japanese TV or like Korean dramas that she would like have my grandma tape and send. And just like mm. she'd be in her pajamas the whole day, just kind of like laying mm. around or whatever. Mm. And I'm just like, I, I'm doing that now. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if 
she was depressed, but I was eight and I didn't understand that. You know what oh. I mean? She's definitely depressed. Yeah. <laughs> it's isolating. I, yeah. For she sure. Like, so like, yeah. So when I think about that, I'm just like, well, maybe I, I need to like kind of, you know, uh, that's traumatizing context. Fuck. I've just said like I, the other day I took some mushrooms and then I was like waiting for the subway. And this is, I'm just saying this, like, I feel like a lot of us are told that these things are not a big deal, but we don't realize that we are just like primates and yeah. it's like, Moving across, you know, whatever, however many, 2,000 miles, we're still, like, evolutionary-wise, just monkeys. So yeah. physically, our bodies don't even understand that. Do you know what I mean? Like, the fact that your mom moved halfway across the world, like, your body doesn't understand that it, like, right, flew right. like this because that would have taken you, like, a year to walk. You know what I mean? And, like, I think, yeah. like, the, the mushrooms thing is that I took the mushrooms and I was waiting for the subway and I felt my body become physically scared at the sound of the subway, right? Mm, Which mm. is... That's just a biological response. Like my dog, when I have my dog with me, she like starts to shake because it's a loud noise. Right. And that's just a physiological response. And I was like, it like dawned on me that those things, my body is doing that all the time, but I'm just unaware because my brain, like intellectually, I understand it's just a subway and the loud noise isn't dangerous. But my body right, doesn't right. really know that. So it's like, oh, like that. And I don't even realize that that's, there's all these like shitty like anxiety things that are physically happening to me. And I, and I think like just the fact that moving, even though mentally you understand I'm still in the same country, I still mm -hmm. watch the same TV shows, I'm still eating all the same at the same restaurants, technically, you know, whatever at fucking Chipotle. Right. But like your body might not even understand. You know what I mean? Like it's, it is like yeah, a big yeah. change. And I think we, sure. And here, you know, that. you guys are talking about yeah. seasonal depression. Like it sure gets yeah. a little cold here, but today's like 83. Like, you know, like, mm. and it's, right. it's weird because last week was my birthday and like, I just my all my birthdays have been in the fall and I, I, I have vivid memories of like what I'm wearing on my birthdays and I don't even feel it anymore because it's right. just the same. Yeah. So Damn. for sure there is like a bio like for sure there's like a biophysical thing happening. I can think. I say something Fuck. about can I say something about my depressing feelings that I just realized talking to you? Just really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I it's just cause like about to having to do with your career and stuff recently, I think I told Brian about this a little bit, but I've like gotten a lot of interviews with people that are interested in me as a comedian just because like you know like my social media presence is like kind of blowing up yeah, yeah, yeah. and i've been having these meetings with people that are incredibly important and it's for some reason that's made me completely shut down really like I, mm. i've had these meetings with all these like production i don't know directors producers like really important people yeah and they're like interested in my projects and they're like well what are you working on like what what can we and they're like they're like the people that can put me on television basically, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, I've had like these, I have so many of these meetings and mm. like it's making it worse for me where I literally have completely stopped writing. Really? And I can't do it at all. I've completely shut down and I think it's led to me becoming really depressed and I just realized that talking what, to what, you. What about it made you um, turn off, you think? Yeah. I don't know. I think, I mean, I have a, I've talked about this before. I have a huge fear of um, success, more than a fear of failure. Mm. <clears throat> and I talked about this in therapy. I can't 
I there's a lot of things that happened to me as a child that led to this. Mm. I really feel uncomfortable when I'm in the spot. Like, I know that sounds weird because I'm constantly online and I'm doing this podcast right now. Like, yeah. listen to me. But like, I have this huge fear of like succeeding. I mean, it's like a very complicated issue. But Interesting, basically, I would have assumed it's a fear of failure. So no, rather than like trying and having to fail, you just avoid it altogether. I have the co- complete exact opposite. I, I w- I'm comfortable in failure. I'm comfortable when I hmm. don't do well. It's well, I mean, like, just to be very quick and explain why and this is like something I learned through therapy. Right. It's because I had a very growing up. I had a, a mom who was very competitive with me. And she every time I succeeded in anything, I was punished. Hmm. So every hmm. time I got like a good grade, you know, my dad would be like, good job. And my mom would be like, oh, like what? You like you think you're fucking smarter than me? And like hmm. so, so I would get punished. <laughs> Damn. No, and Damn. that's it's very complicated. Yeah. But now I'm scared because you know, like as a small child, like all you want is like acceptance from your Fuck. parents. So yeah. like it almost feels like if I do this, I'm not gonna be loved or something. Like people mm. are gonna people are gonna resent mm. me and it's gonna be really, really bad. Like mm. so it like it, it it's like I, I understand it like intellectually, but there's nothing I can do to stop stop myself from sabotaging myself. No well, do you think it's like that. Do you think it's related to because you don't feel that way when you do your live shows? I'm sure, right? When people are like, "Oh, I love your podcast," I'm sure that makes you feel good. Um, I'm, and I think I'm going to be completely element. honest with you. I do feel that way, and I have to constantly fight it. Okay, well, like when I do well, like <laughs> I have this severe fucking dip, like depression dip after every after everything that I do, if it if it does well. Well, what? So, okay, this kind of goes okay. back to what Brian was talking about initially uh, with his like he doesn't want to put anxiety on his you know girlfriend because he doesn't want her to deal with that but like i think we all have like these little issues that we're dealing with but like inevitably like brian's gonna find someone young me you're gonna be famous so like what <laughs> do you ever think about like what are you gonna do in the future <laughs> like, i'm you know, probably gonna not fucking going overdose on heroin and die <laughs> oh, Jesus. i'm not joking i Jesus. don't think i'll be if i if i do become no, but famous like, like here, that I, i'm not i'm, I'm like armchair here let me can i armchair psychologist terrifying. here yeah you in an earlier episode, you told me that a big motivation for you pursuing comedy or any of this shit is to provide access and a better life for Mino, your son. But literally, that's the only way I've been able to do it this far because mm, I've twisted mm. my twisted it in my brain enough to be like, I'm doing this so I will have money and Mino will have like Mino can piggyback off of like this security right that create that's literally the only way I can think about it where I don't freak out mm. you know what I mean yeah but I still like oh like I don't know even when I think this is this is has a lot to do with like sorry to like not to take this away from Fumi because I, I want to talk to you more about LA and stuff but like this has a lot to do with like you know whenever I do something online and it goes really well and yeah. you're like hey great that was a funny video sure and I'm just like I'm like literally like terrified. I'm just like, I don't know. That's just like, I feel like someone's gonna like punch me in the face or something. Whoa. Well, I see some parallels between the two of you a little bit. I don't know if it comes, it's, I don't think it comes from the same source, but even for you, Fumi, you moved to LA for your dream job, yeah. which is to be a professional comedy writer for a big TV show. You fucking did it. And then on top of that, you had a late night set. That's like the dream for a lot of stand-ups. And it all happened in conjunction pretty shortly after LA. And then 
And I don't know, I don't think this is that uncommon of a phenomenon because one of our previous guests, Angela Garbs, who, uh, the author who wrote oh, yeah. Like a Mother. Angela Garbes. she told Yeah, Angela Garbes. She told us that she when she was like doing her book tour, she was like severely depressed. And she's like, why do I feel this way? Like, I yeah. worked so hard for this. And I'm like, I have this privilege to talk to these room full of people about this book that I poured my heart and soul into. And it's like, why do I feel like I should be like, clamoring for joy and like jumping on the top of a hill and like so happy you know yeah and she was talking about how for her it was like imposter syndrome like she was like yeah she is the expert but she feels like she's fucking she tricked everyone <laughs> that, that's how i feel like i tricked i mean i feel i feel that way me. every for, i mean I, there's not a day oh that goes God. by where i walk into the yeah. writer's room and i'm like this was a complete diversity hire like i think about that every day Aww, and so like that's not true. so so that on top of like and then also like you know, like the whole, like the not have to fight for, you know, jobs moving forward. It yeah. What what the saddest part about that is, and I think it's the reason why, like, it it's this thing to depression. It's making me not excited about things I used to love. Like, it when you put it like that, everything it seems just so. Anything that's not um, helping me live my life, helping me get the next food next meal seems so stupid and like mm. dumb to me now and i think maybe that's why stand-up is not like doing anything for me because i'm like what is this 20 bucks gonna fucking you know what i mean like i just and then even like mm. my own podcast which i remember like there was a time when like we were first starting in 2018 we would only ever get like 500 downloads but i was just so excited i was like 500 people listen to us. That's so amazing. That yeah. listen to right. what I have to, you know, and I was on my couch. We never had guests. It was just me and Mike fucking around talking about stupid shit. Yeah. And now we're like a lot bigger than that. And it's like awesome. But it's not like we're not like Joe Rogan big and it's not enough to like live. You know, it's not enough to like support one person, let alone two people. And mm. I, I, I can't help but be like, what am I doing every Saturday? Like, what is this? You know, like, and no. it's so scary to have that thought because it's like, well, like, w am I just gonna stop that? You know, and I'm I'm Bro. trying to figure out like which fuck which which version of me is the real me is the answer. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, which is the real God, answer? I don't know. It. I feel like this, I feel this like a politician. Getting way too real, man. This I literally had these exact same thoughts like this week, where I even told my girlfriend like, even I love doing this podcast, but even then I'm like, I have the same thoughts as you, and I'm like, should I just fucking Rather than just talk about it incessantly on the, I should just fucking should I just quit and then go to a boot camp and just become a software engineer and dude, fuck I it mean, all. I don't blame you. Yeah, it. like yeah, I meanwhile, mean, I are, love yeah. failing. I'm like, yeah, no one's listening to the podcast. I like I'm comfortable here. Don't blow up the podcast, then I won't want to do it. No, but for real though, it's like. It's so young real, me, right? Like, but I, I feel you, but, right. but to your point, yeah, young me, yeah, like yeah. we are prime, like we're just fucking primates. We're just animals. Yet the the, the I'm feelings, scared of loud noises. What we're dealing with is like so complex, and I think it even goes beyond <laughs> our consciousness and yeah. level of like yeah. to really understand it. And it's fucking scary, dude. Like mm -hmm. I'm. It's so maybe, scary. It's maybe, really scary. I think, Honestly, all these people who we see who are successful or like public like public figures in the art creative space. They maybe I feel like maybe they just well, this conversation we're having right now is like how they feel all the fucking time, but it's just a matter of like it's like a war of attrition and just surviving it 
and I, like yeah, pushing past. These feel crazy. I feel like that's well, why everyone that's famous does so many drugs and stuff. It's a but if you put it feeling. that way, it's like, do you even want this? You know? And then if it's like, <laughs> if you then if you go that far and you're like, well, why did I even start this? And then like that's this has been my whole life. <laughs> yeah, since yeah, yeah. I was twenty. I threw my entire twenties away for the, you know. It's like Dude. it's such a fucking mind fuck. Okay, it's you know so what? crazy. Let's, okay. Let's take a breather, everyone. <laughs> Fumi, let's let's just look on paper. On paper, Fumi Abe started this journey to become a comedian. He is now a writer for Late Night. He had a late night set. He has achieved basically the top tier of what a comedian can achieve yeah. in America. Let's just take a breather and be like, you did it. You did a great job. You You're going through it right now. But let's just look at that and be happy about that. Well, for one, oh just, just, just for a minute. Yo, just yo, breathe. can we just take it a, 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 a take a second to acknowledge that Young Me, who is a mother, just gave you the most Asian mom advice right now. She's like, let's just take a second. You should be happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your mama said that to you. <laughs> no, I think the listeners, if if you want one takeaway from this episode, is don't follow your dreams. And don't succeed, because once you succeed is when you have to start thinking about everything else, and that sucks. And there's no, it's just uh, like, yeah, it's different person to person, yourself. but I don't know, for me, maybe these feelings are, like, aren't unhealthy, and maybe it is, like, normal to just reevaluate. Like, you achieve goals, and they change you as a person, and then that, in effect, will, like, change your judgment of what it is that you're doing. Mm. And I don't know if you're doing this right yeah. now, but... Who knows? Like you've done the podcast for a while, you've done the stand-up thing for a while. Like you've gone to a level at it where you're good, and it, maybe it's time to like s set different goals and feel it out. It can fall, still fall under the umbrella category of comedy, but like you're flexing that muscle. But I don't know. Maybe like get published somewhere, or like write a screenplay, or like a pilot, and see if it's still fun. Like I don't know. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like that's sort of yeah. It's I would but say, I, I guess know, like yeah. Even if that's true. I guess there's something so. Um, uh, it feels like a part of you died because it's, it's kind of like your kids dying. You know, it's mm. like. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like it's just like yeah. this thing yep. that you you loved it. You loved it when you made no money, and people were even. You loved it when you were bombing. You loved it when your family was like, "What are you doing?" You loved it. You know, when you were embarrassing yourself in front of a date or whatever. Right. Um, and now you don't feel that way, and it's like. Oh, we're, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, depression sometimes f can feel like it's, it's like, it's like erectile dysfunction for your mind, you know, and mm. I'm, I'm always like, you used to love jerking off to stand up. What happened? But I, I can't, I can't get hard for podcast, stand up, whatever, like friends, you know, like, um, yeah. and that's like, it, there's, there's a, there's a part of me that's like, oh, what's going on? Like you, you get hard and I can't, you know, yeah. and that, that's a weird feeling. Well, at least you got to the place where you achieved all your dreams and now you're depressed. I can't even start. I'm like, <laughs> somebody, somebody was like, hey, <laughs> hey, we want to give you a chance. I was like, nope, I'm, I just give up. I give up. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm done. I'm never, I'm never going to. Meanwhile, write I'm on the, side, on the sidelines like, put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. ready. Put Brian. me in. <laughs> I don't know. Hearing you like open up like this and talk about this stuff makes me feel like really sad and i, I kind of like <laughs> no not for you you know but what i I'm thought was like really sad i thought it was really sad when fumi was like i don't have like friends here at least in new york i had you guys and i was like fumi we saw each other like once every six months oh like, my like, god <laughs> we, were, we were your friends you didn't go to brian's birthday <laughs> 
Yeah, no, they're yeah, just yeah, yeah, tiny in your, cupboard in your, set. in your defense, Fumi, I did not know it was your birthday last week. So it's okay. Nobody did. Nobody anyone. did. And it's so yeah. funny. The only people who wish me happy birthday were like people on Facebook. I'm like, who are you? You know, like those friends <laughs> on Facebook that yeah. you don't know from who they are. <laughs> yeah. No, they're not from high school. They're just like random people who added you throughout your life. And then no. it's like, you know. Um, Fuck, man. But no, but I'm, I'm serious, though. It makes it bums me out hearing me that you're like going through this shit because I totally get it, dude. It's not it sounds fucking hard as hell. And like we all do the comedy thing and we like we understand you. And I don't know. I just I'm always here, man. You should give me a call so we can like talk this shit out. But I'll, I'll book some tickets and go to L.A. and we can Take get some Korean barbecue or something. <laughs> just just <Take> shoot <laughs> the shit. That's what makes me yeah, feel man, better. We should you know what we should do? Listeners, you heard it here first. We should do a, a joint show in LA where we all go out and do a show together. Just you, to make me feel better? Yeah. <laughs> makes me feel like <laughs> shit. <me> is depressed. <laughs> you, me, Brian, and Mike. No, can we, can we do that? Fumi's no, no, no. Here, Fumi, we, that's what we got to do. We got to do it in LA. We got to do a joint show in New York at the Gramercy yeah. Theater. And then on the, yes. on the matinee, it just says, yeah. feel better, Fumi. <laughs> 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 oh, God, damn, I, have to, I have to like well shave soon. my head and come out in a gown or something to make it get look well like soon. Show. <laughs> Fumi, Fumi's Fumi dying. Needs oh my God. Put on by Fumi's best friends, Brian and <laughs> Young Me. <laughs> oh God. Oh wow. Fuck, man. This, you know, I I thought this was gonna be kind of like a lighthearted episode because listeners in the I told out- you guys it wasn't gonna be funny, but Young Me said it's okay, so I, I know. In the outline, I was like, this is gonna be real loose, and then <laughs> fucking a, I'm realizing that we're all like in this shit. I'm in the so shitter. depressed. <laughs> but but I I think a lot depressed. of people who like comedy or not, it's like the when they're chasing something, there's like yeah. so much purpose there, and there is something. Yeah beautiful about that you know this blind yeah. you're, you're blindly sprinting and you might be dumb but you're sprinting and that's cool you're going somewhere you know for sure uh, for sure that's what I, that's where i was in the last episode i was sprinting somewhere mm-hmm. and it's sometimes it feels nice to sprint you know and i think yeah, now the lights are on and you're just like where is this now i'm in <laughs> this desert you know or whatever the fuck and uh it's very easy to feel lost, and I don't know. Stay tuned, I guess. We'll we'll see. We'll see where I end up in a in a couple of months. But yeah, but it felt nice talking through it. So um, well, yeah, thanks for on yeah, a lighter note. Can you that. give us some funny like anecdotes about what the difference between New York and LA? Because I know that New York, LA people love talking about this, and I, I love I love analyzing the difference. Of I listen to your podcast. You got some. I always laugh when you talk about like <laughs> you're like I, you're I always, doing uh, your shows with like the hot stand-ups who are bad. And oh, yeah. Like <laughs> oh yeah, that was such a culture shock. That's well, so uh, like she like it's, so share it's it. so embarrassing to even say, but like I so like okay, just for context, like in New York, yes, there are hot guys, but you see a lot of medium guy mediocre guys with hot girls because they're talented or they're good at something and i feel like stand-up in new york is like that you know you'll crush at a show and then like some hot girl will talk to you because you were very funny it's like that with every industry in new york i feel it's every industry in new york right but in la like i did this show and like i was easily the funniest person by like by light years um and (laughs) like none of the hot girls talked to me the the hot girls talked to the model who was trying stand-up for the first time who bombed (laughs) They were talking to them, and the only people who talked to me were these fucking kids from like UCLA film school who were like, "Hey, can I? How, how do I get a writer's assistant job at James Corden?" Like, they're these little oh fucking God. minions uh, trying to get a job. So I hated that, 
but yeah. Um, I don't know. The fashion here is a disaster. Uh, as disaster. You can probably... LA fashion's disaster. People think I'm fashionable, and I'm like, that's when I knew this, this shitty shit. This city shit. But people in my <laughs> office, they're like, Fumi is like the, the best dressed guy in, in her office. And I'm like, what do you... That's bad. Yo, that's like, hilarious. Because when that's we would do shows in New York, every time you walk into Green, would be like, yo, Fumi, what the fuck are those, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, it's, you, you hear really funny things. Like the, the, the other day I was at a bar and like I heard a girl just be like, LA is all about ratio. And I was like, I need to leave now. Like, <laughs> like that's like a oh, thing that somebody said, you know, like you hear little things like that that are like Lots of ideas. very funny. But again, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not out there like doing much. I'm just kind of in my house uh, jerking off. Well, fuck, Fumi. Well... Should we ask him the last question? Is that even appropriate on this episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fubi, what, what's something that you're proud of? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm like, I've been relatively healthy. That's nice. You know, I haven't had any major <laughs> sickness, so that's good. Fuck. I don't know. Fubi, I'm going to book a plane ticket to L.A., <laughs> yeah you know what i was thinking I about think, yeah well, i don't want to this i don't want to end on like a sad note but i was like as i was looking for new therapists they always ask you if you're like suicidal and um i'm not but i realize it's because i'm such an anxious guy the thought of like if i just killed myself and the thought of um like my credit card being charged by like Netflix like next month like really makes me anxious <laughs> and like that's like the main reason why I won't do like if I was gonna do it I would have to like call all my banks and be like hey make sure all the, my money goes to my sister I'll like cancel all my credit cards or something like it's like so that I was explaining this to like a like a like a therapist person during like a phone consultation and she did not find it very funny but I was like oh that's uh, that's a thing that's I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> can't, can't leave us on a suicidal note. Well, I, I was saying I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because oh. I've got bills on my card, you know? Oh. Somebody keep track of Fumi's Netflix account when it goes. <laughs> <laughs> if he cancels it. Oh, oh my God. Fuck. Well, Fumi. Well, it's been, it's been real, you guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, God. That was great. That <laughs> was enough like, enough that of the business talk, man. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. We're gonna. I'm gonna text you more often because I, I miss talking to you and miss hanging out with you. But and if I ignore you, don't take it personally because I feel like when you're down, you find everyone annoying. You know that's another thing. Yeah, so no if, if I ignore you, so don't take it personally. You prefaced it. It's all good. I will not yeah. find it annoying. Yeah. Know that I read it. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for talking about things so candidly. I, you know, I think. I just think all this stuff is really interesting because it's like, well, I mean, part part of the reason why it's so confusing, I think, is because you you we were all taught like you're gonna chase your dreams, and then you're gonna be on stage, you're gonna make it to Broadway, and like then you'll be yeah. happy, you know. And like it, it's important for people to hear all of this shit, you know. For sure, for sure, perspective, yeah. man. All right, well, Fumi, where can our listeners find you and your work? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> where can I, I guess you, where, where can people find you? What's your Netflix well, check, password? Check out my pos check out my podcast, Asian Not Asian, where I go on every week and pretend that I'm happy. Uh please check that <laughs> out. We have amazing <laughs> guests. It's like this but weird. And uh follow me on Instagram at the Fumiabe. I don't really post anything on there, but uh it's 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 nice to get a follower. So please please check me out on there. And what about you, young me? 
Um, YM Mayor on social media. TikTok is Young Me Mayor. How about you, Brian? You guys can find me on socials at It's Brian Park. Uh, follow the podcast, social media. It's at Feeling Asian Podcast, wherever, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. And yeah, that's our show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye.